So my guest today is Will Torres. He is a first-degree black belt under Professor Aldo Cabrera at CJJF headquarters in Hawaii Kai, where he is currently teaching classes during the week. I have trained with Professor Will for over 13 years, and in that time, I have learned he is not mad. He just has no expressions of any emotions while training. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, and half a day, chelu. you're from you're from Saipan originally. Yeah, from Saipan originally, moved to Hawaii, damn, 13 years ago, I guess. And then, um, yeah, a long time. Um, and like you said, we've been training together for a long time. That's why we know the same people. Yes, there was a first location, then there was a temporary location, there was a location behind my house that was the best location. Then there was a ward warehouse and then to um, Kaimuki and then now over in Waikai. We keep getting further away, which is worse for Well, me. from Wailai, we went back to um, oh, no, no. Kakako, temporary. Oh, that's right. There was a short time in Kakako. Yeah, and then Aina Haina. Right, and Aina Haina. And then now we're at Hawaii Kai. Yeah, I have to drop things from my memory so I don't lose the movie lines that I've committed to memory. And so yeah. some of the some of the events don't don't stay with me. So there's actually two other places that I missed, but Kakako was good. Yeah, uh, it was okay. It was good because <laughs> I because I could steal the CrossFit workout for the day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You could see the wad. Yeah, try and remember it when I walk out so I don't have to stand yeah. and take a picture. Yeah. Yeah, that one was good. But um Hawaii is good. It's a nice it's a nice waterfront location. Oh yeah. I mean if our mat space was bigger, it would be the perfect location, I think. But then also if even if the mat space is bigger, people will roll on the same one quarter of the mat anyways. Yeah, that's true. Like the higher belts would probably roll in the same area, which is close to the water. And then the lower belts would still roll close to the entrance. So either way it works out. I mean, that's how it was. That's how it was in Wailai anyway. The higher belts would roll close to the entrance. Hmm. And then the lower belts would roll closer to the opposite side. I didn't realize there was... um designated mat space by rank i mean there's not but it just happens you know <laughs> <laughs> okay well i was probably rolling on the wrong part <laughs> um you're what are you what are you up to now you have some some kind of medical studies uh no not not so much anymore kind of you got any plans to go back to saipan with clinton no, Clinton's not even in Saipan, dude. What? Yeah, I think he's in like Oregon or Washington. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't who who freaking knows where Clinton is, dude. Yeah, Clinton has disappeared. He like left the face of the earth. If Clinton is I listening think. to the podcast, I hope he reaches out on Instagram. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him there either. Yeah, Clinton. If 
and um, for the listeners, Clinton is a guy who used to train with us, you know, a long, long time ago. He's the original. Yeah, he's one of the originals, like Nutter and I. He was the sign-up guy. Yeah, he was the he was the guy. He's actually the guy who got me to sign up. Ironically, what made you go over there in the first place for jujitsu? What made you start jujitsu? Um, I always kind of wanted to do jujitsu just because from watching like the UFC, and then like randomly I watched a BJ Penn fight, and um, he was from Hawaii. And then they were mentioning, like, in his intro or whatever, I think it was, like, Bruce Buffer at the time, mentioning, like, he was the first uh, non-Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champ. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, let me check this. Let me check this out, what jiu-jitsu is. And then after that, I was pretty much, like, dead set on doing jiu-jitsu. Um, and then they did have an academy – in Saipan. Well, they actually had two academies. They actually had a Gracie Baja and then they had another academy, um, which was a purebred affiliate. So like Ensign Inouye, who is, you know, tied to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like my parents never wanted me to do it just because the stigma around MMA and stuff like that, it kind of seemed like a bad guy sport. Mm, at the time um, yeah at the time so when i got to hawaii randomly met clinton or ran into clinton at uh don quixote and then he invited me to class and then i showed up like the next day and then after that i just signed up and then you know here we are and it's easy to get addicted to going all the time most yeah. people get most people get addicted for at least a little while until they reach blue belt right and then that's when you're supposed <laughs> to that's when you're supposed to quit. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, you get to blue belt and then you think uh you know everything and you know you don't need you know you don't need to practice anymore. You could you could probably do well in most fights at blue belt, but then once you quit for a little while, you probably you're probably actually not going to do that well. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I I mean, as far as like your knowledge versus like the lay person, mm. but then, but then like as you like progress more, like past the blue belt, like purple belt, brown belt, black belt, then you're like, oh yeah, blue belts don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but there's still people, and they're still yeah, important. Yeah. Yeah, they blue belts have a name when they get color on their belt. Right, colored color belts come with names. Yeah, it means, it means you have a chance to to stay and not yep. quit. Not quit. That's yeah. the mission is to make make sure you don't quit. Yeah, and then yeah, unfortunately for the white belts, I mean, except for a very slim few, you know, you're just you're just getting by with like a hey bro. Well, because a lot of the white belts to try it for a few months and then they'll they'll disappear too if they're not having a good time or not not that into it. Yeah, I think white belt and well, especially white belt is the hardest belt just because 
you get so frustrated that you suck Mm -hmm. that you either it either does two things it motivates you to want to get better or you're just quit basically yeah and if you stick with it and you get you know to a higher belt level then it's not because you're better you just get okay with not being that good right yeah yeah for sure oh and then speaking of not being that good I was going to ask you if you, what do you think? Should there be a pro division for jujitsu? Should they separate the guys that are training three times a day from the guys who have families and can make it to the gym three or four times a week, something like that? Or is it, is it cool to look at your bracket and, and see like, Oh, I got one of the Rotolos. Great. On one hand, it's cool knowing that you're going up against, you know, like a stud. And then on the other hand, it's like, especially coming from Hawaii, um, it kind of sucks because, you know, you paid all this money, you train so hard, as, as hard as you can, given your circumstance. And then you get this stud in the first round. And you're done. Yeah, and you're done because I mean, most likely you're gonna lose. <laughs> that's <laughs> you a know good mind. I mean? That's a good mindset to go into it with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, most likely you're gonna lose against a guy who is dedicating his or her life to jujitsu only to go out in the first round. <laughs> but but there's but but jujitsu is weird because there's there's something enjoyable about getting your ass just destroyed uh, by somebody yeah. who's like really good. It's like, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like bragging rights. Um, mm. I mean, um, like for me, um, I was in college and I was training, you know, a lot and I was competing a lot. Um, and I would go to tournaments and go against these studs like, uh, like uh, what's his name, uh, Rolando Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know is that his name, Rolando? Yeah, I think I think that's his name. Um, and this was at Purple Belt, and not knowing who this guy was, but then you know you see his you see him now. He's like winning, you know, worlds. And he's winning all these big tournaments, and then you know it's kind of it's kind of cool, I guess, to go against these guys who mm. are like the studs of the sport, and saying that like, yeah, you know, like I went against these guys, but at the same time, it's like it sucks because you know you paid all this money and you trained so hard in your mind, you trained so hard. <clears throat> Actually, I didn't know I was going to lose because I didn't know what who he was, but. Mm. Um, and I was actually beating him. Um, but that was part of his but plan. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's the part of it that sucks. But at the end of the day, um, you know, from doing all these tournaments, you know, you just get, like, super good. And you learn from your mistakes, which is super, like, cliche. But, um, yeah, you get super good and... 
you know, you get to teach, at least for me, I got to teach, you know, like all the things that I learned mm. um, doing all these tournaments, which most people wouldn't even experience in their lives. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty good for me. That, that reminds me about the time that this guy did this uh, weird shoulder lock on me and then you're laughing on the side. And then you told me it was named the Tariq Plata, and his, his name is Tariq. And then I had to find out. <laughs> had to find out later. That's his. That's his move. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, shout out to uh, Tariq, my buddy yeah. from Norway. Yeah, thanks for giving me the heads up on that one. That was um, <laughs> that was unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. Um, that same year, we went to Worlds. That same year. We we're both purple belts, um, and then, yeah, he came. He had, he ended up coming to Hawaii because his sister lives in Hawaii or used to live in Hawaii. Well, I didn't know that. And then, yeah, yeah, um, and then he came down, and then I met him. Um, yeah, and then I brought him over because we were at Ward. Um, yeah, and then we just became friends after that. And then he pulled the Tariqa Plata on me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, uh, oh, let me see what everybody else does. I'm not going to tell anybody. And they all got Tariqa Plata. Yeah, and it was while just you, destruction. While you laugh on the side. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. So you've, you've been competing for a while. You competed at two Fight to Win events. Yeah. The yeah. Fight to Win is the Seth Daniels organization. Pretty big <clears throat> event at the convention center. Elevated stage, lights. Had some, mm-hmm. um, Gary Tonin was at one of them. Big, big time mm-hmm. event. That was a good one. Um, yeah. But you, but you had wins in both of the events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one, the first one, I don't remember, but um, was the second one, right? <laughs> this was the second one where you, in 2019, uh, against uh, Helson Sun. Yeah. Um, 2019, I was a black belt for... I just got my black belt and then I think I was like a black belt for like four months or something. Mm. Um, I just got it and then I did the Vegas open um, and then I came back and then I was helping the guys train for fight to win and they needed a last minute person. So that was like two weeks notice of, the event because I wasn't planning on doing it. Um, I was just planning on coaching just because uh, Cavs was in Europe at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Seth, Seth messaged me and he gave me a list of people um, of, you know, potential uh, matchups. And then I chose uh, Holland. So then I went up against Holland and then I ended up winning by decision against Holland, uh, which was um, a pretty big deal for me as far as like a new black belt against a seasoned black belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of showed me like just how wild the black belt division is because you can go up against somebody who is super seasoned or super new like like me at the time. Um, so yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, like, not bad for two weeks notice. I mean, not my best performance, but you know, like pulled it off. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. 
both of those events were really good. Yep. Yep. So the question yeah. now, um, question now is, uh, which one is better, gi or no gi? Um, I have I have phases, but I tend to go with the IBJJF phases, which mm. is like gi the first half of the year and then no gi the half the second half of the year so is that, that's is that how it works is there seasons yeah as far as like the no gi goes i mean oh. as far as like the gi and no gi season goes like ibjjf from i guess january until whenever world is because they change it all the time most like mostly like june mm -hmm. um it's gi and then from June on, it tapers into no gi. So I kind of go with like how IBJJF is. And just because like how like most academies on the mainland go, they mm -hmm. go gi uh, for the first half of the year. And then they go no gi for the second half of the year. So yeah, for me, it goes in phases. Um, hmm. I, I'm a fan of both. Um, I definitely have, uh, more, uh, preference for gi, obviously, but no gi's, no gi's fun. And, you know, you're the no gi wizard as far as the academy goes. So it, uh, it's fun. Hmm. You guys were going to podcast from Vegas. I was, I was down because like. In the downtime, we honestly weren't doing anything. Did you guys go to any gyms while you're there? No, nah, we were going to go to Dustin's gym, but then um, that Thursday we were going to go because we landed on Wednesday. Um, it was only no gi and we only brought gi stuff. So it was like, well, that's, that kind of sucks. But you guys did not have no gi stuff? No, bro. Come on. It's a gi tournament. <laughs> Oh, you didn't want to do no-gi stuff? No, it's not that, but it's like, I mean, for me, I only brought my gi. I didn't bring any, like, shorts or nothing. Like, mm -hmm. no-gi shorts or nothing. You can't just ditch the top and, and do the no-gi? It's not the same? No, bro, this is not, like, 10th planet shit. Okay. This is, did like, you, a real no-gi. Did, um, did you see Dustin over there? No, not at all. Like for the first time, and he's usually at the tournament. All right, then I guess we won't talk about Dustin. <laughs> yeah, bro. So tell so tell us about Vegas. How long did you guys prep for Vegas? So prep for Vegas. Um, that was like, well, that was right after maybe like a week or two after Asian Open. So Asian Open was in early July. And then we got back on like the 11th. So probably like five, four or five weeks, I think. Of four or five weeks. Like a, of like a formal like training camp. So yeah, that's what we did. Did anybody have to um, manage weight, cut weight? Um, yeah, a bunch of guys had to cut weight. Um, let's see. One, two three like three guys i think and then 
like Aaron ended up moving up weight, so then he was good. And then everybody else was like pretty much on weight by the time um, Vegas came. So, I mean, it, they were all freaking out, but like when they're when they were telling me their weight, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. I mean, like you guys are good, but oh. I I don't know. I guess they never really cut weight before, so whatever. And then who's who's managing the weight cut? Are you managing the weight cut, or they're doing their own, and then they tell you what they're doing, and then you tell them what they're doing wrong? <laughs> no, uh, like this is the first time nobody asked me for any nutrition advice, which was um, pretty awesome, I guess. Um, I was just giving them like little tips and stuff, but nothing, anything like too serious. Um, like what I've done in the past with other guys. Mm. Uh, yeah, nothing too serious. I was just kind of giving them advice, like, you know, on when they're, when they plateau and stuff like that. But, uh, mostly they're just, I was just kind of asking them their way and, um, seeing if they're good. So, so now we end up um, having to jump topics because do you have some kind of background in in nutrition? <laughs> uh, a little bit. I I have a degree in nutrition, so I think I know what I'm talking about. Okay, but what about the, um what the internet says about nutrition? Isn't that more accurate? Yeah, I think I think WebMD is more accurate on nutrition than me. If you look but, at, uh, if you look at WebMD, it's always cancer. It's always cancer. Always if you're losing cancer. weight, if you're if you're even just sweating, uh, it'll lead to cancer, always, all the time. So trust WebMD. That's a valid source. According to WebMD, I, I've beaten cancer four to five times. Dude, same fucking here. Oh, mm. sh- wait. Can we even cuss on this podcast? Yeah, I just have to check the box that says E, so the kids know. Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so I'll check. I'll check the e box. Wait, so you mentioned Asia Open. You guys started started training. We'll get. We'll jump back and forth. But you guys went to Asian Open. Same group or different group? Uh, different group, smaller group. So Asian Open was um me and one, three other guys that went to Asian Open plus one of our buddies from. LA that we know, um, Mike. So we went to Asian Open. Was that AP um, Mike? AP Mike, yep. Okay. Um, so we went to Asian Open. Uh, we started training for that. I don't even know when, but that was a pretty long camp. That was like six weeks. Uh, last Super last minute because IBJJF announced Asian Open pretty late, but we were already training. Mm-hmm. um as it, as if it would happen so um it kind of all worked out uh yeah okay and so and so you won asian open i i, I like fake one <laughs> was it i was fake it, one um, was there nobody else in your division and you took a picture anyways yeah exactly <laughs> no but <laughs> no so there was guys in my division um, when I signed up and then um, like a couple of days before they sent me an email saying like, oh, there's no guys in your division. Um, so uh, if you want to pull out, then you can pull out. But I'd rather just um, 
I went all the way to Japan already, so I might as well just take the medal and do the absolute. So that's what I did. Uh, oh, so you did, did fight that. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did absolute, um, did my first one by submission, and then did my second loss by points. And then the two dudes who are in the finals were like friends or something. So then they closed out, which was freaking lame. Oh, that's always cool to see two people close it out in the championship match. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, I guess. Exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Okay, so then that was uh, you and Richie Boy, and who else? Me, Richie, Aaron, and AP Mike, and then uh, Sonata did a local tournament. A smaller one? Yeah, he only had like one guy in absolute, I think, and then one guy in his division or something. I don't even know. But he's in, he was injured too, right at the time. His popped his knee or something over there. Yeah, something like that. He said something like that. He popped his knee. Okay, but he wasn't originally going to do the Asian Open. Well, he was originally going to do the Asian Open, but then I guess he got promoted too fast or something. Oh, the other problem with the IBJJF. Yeah, and then IBJJF's lame rules where, you know, if you if you don't stay at a certain belt for a certain amount of time, then you can't compete for like a year or something. Mm. So then he had to deal with that, but then he went anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll edit out the part about IBJJF being lame. <laughs> yeah, so, bro. Okay. So you went to, um, you went to <laughs> Vegas, but you didn't compete in Vegas. No, I didn't compete in Vegas. So after Asian Open, I think like three weeks before it, I injured my back. Mm. And then I couldn't train for three weeks. And then finally the week of Asian Open, I mean, uh, Ve- or Masters, I could train again. Uh, so yeah, I just ended up going just because I had my ticket already. And then I just ended up coaching, which worked out because – um, I was running back and forth anyway, and there's no way if I competed that I would be able to focus on anybody else. Um, and then is that is that back injury a new thirty year old problem that was not in your twenties? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. So the thirties thirties yeah. is worse than the twenties. Like I told you, it was going to be. And yeah, forties is worse than the thirties. I definitely uh, didn't believe all the horror stories of getting old and I thought I was invincible forever and that injuries were just in your mind. That's because you're hanging out with Teho too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bad it's a bad person to hang out with if, yeah, if you don't believe he's... in uh, <laughs> if you don't believe in injuries. Yeah, because he's a a twenty five year old. He's like he's like um, you know, like a flat earther. Oh, he you doesn't believe I mean? in injuries. Yeah. Good. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, more power to him. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Except um, when he's like incapacitated. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Okay, moving on. Moving on topics. Then we we had Asia Open, had uh, Vegas. Somebody actually won 
uh, actually two people won their um, Vegas Masters, right? From the team. Yep, yep. So we had uh, Jerica uh, enter White Belt Novice. Um, she did really well. Um, she's a beast in the training room. Um, she won, I think, like three or four matches to win gold, which is pretty impressive uh, mm -hmm. for just starting out like, I don't know, like a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And then going to like a pretty big tournament. Right. And then we have Mr. Todd Nordstrom mm -hmm. uh, winning a purple belt Masters 5 lightweight. So Masters 5 lightweight world champ. Mm -hmm. Purple belt. Yeah. I haven't seen him since, um, but he must be pretty excited about winning. <laughs> Who do you ever see after a tournament? You don't really see many people after a tournament. Oh, that's right. You got to take a break. And recover. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take a break and you know, whatever, do your thing. But the good thing is, if you roll with Todd after, you can see exactly what intensity he used to win <laughs> fights. Todd, yeah. Todd always likes to roll hard. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent of the time. <laughs> That's good. Good for him. Good for him. Hey, you know. Uh huh. Metal medals don't lie. Yeah, train like you fight. So, um, anyway, so you're over teaching during the week at the CJJF HQ. Yeah, uh, is that yeah. night nighttime or daytime? Nighttime advanced class, and then I also teach the Nogi fundamentals on Thursdays. And Nogi Advance on Thursdays, and then obviously you on Fridays. So you guys do, um, do you guys do actual fundamental stuff for Nogi, or is it just advanced stuff, and then you let them catch up? Um, it's a mix. I think for fundamentals class, I kind of like like to dab into sometimes advanced stuff for fundamentals just to kind of see the level mm -hmm. um but then i mean what is really advanced you know because if you break it down enough it's pretty fundamental mm. yes i tend to be uh just a little bit lazier in the fundamentals and then well, uh, pay attention <laughs> more in the advance <laughs> yeah yeah uh i i have the opposite approach <laughs> oh good so they're getting two looks at it during the week two different um approaches i pay attention to the to the fundamentals i just i just uh give them something easy usually well yeah i mean me too but um i guess i guess it's a slightly advanced class i would say advanced fundamentals yeah yeah with the fundamentals, yeah, like, a... fundamentals, I try and give them something more high percentage that's that they're going to get more success with and not something that they're going to have to be real technical with to get success. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, I do the same. I do more high percentage stuff that is easy for them to digest. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good way to think of it. And, and for the advanced, I like to give them stuff that's probably going to result in disaster if they don't pull it off. So they have to. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yes. For sure. 
because yeah. other otherwise why are you even in that class yeah otherwise it's going to be boring when you're watching them roll so you gotta you gotta make somebody take yeah. some chances yeah. yeah yeah i mean we know we know a couple people um who go to advanced class and that just completely don't understand anything and then uh they try to move in sparring but they didn't completely understand the move and then it ends up in a tragedy those are a self self-directed learners they learn, by, <laughs> they learn by trial and error trial and error and instagram yeah oh that was one of the things i had on there um i sent you some notes but it's asking you get a, you get a lot of pop-up stuff on your instagram about um some of these shit moves that that look nice on instagram yeah like the what do we what do we call it um like unnecessary movements Is i that, guess well the more unnecessary movements you add to any move the more style points you get yeah yeah that's true too uh and everybody knows style points are very important and it's true that's that's all that matters on instagram so so uh, especially like a crab ride you can add like three or four more rotations before you take the back that's something that you yeah. want to do and like three or four more like leg sequences um before you actually take the back and it's and the best part is if you actually end up in half guard when you could have taken the back <laughs> yeah you you end, you end up on bottom you end up on bottom half sorry bottom half then, is what you want yeah 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 and then and then um after the round is over they ask you uh, why the move didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the way it goes yeah so we had to pick a percentage then of moves on the internet that are 100 percent trash what percentage is coming through that feed probably like 99.9 <laughs> yeah because right. that's because that's what they call like perfect world jujitsu it's good if your partner stays completely still yeah yeah basically i try to ask i ask people to stay completely still when i try moves yeah when so if, if you want if you want like an awesome Instagram video, just tell your partner not to do anything. Stay. Um, you tell them that. Let me just try this on. You don't move. Yeah, and then we'll film it. How much of um, how much of the class, uh, do you think needs? How much of the class time do you think needs to be for drilling? Because you know, like you have AOJ, you know they're they're into the millions on their on their drilling. And yeah. um, be- because of that, they can probably they probably do it in their sleep. Probably wake up with the yeah. sheets. Probably wake up yeah. with the sheets all tangled. Um, yeah. Do you need to do that, or do you need to do like a little bit of that, or do you think drilling is overrated? Um, I used to think that drilling was overrated until I actually started doing it and I saw the benefits. So, for me personally, drilling's not overrated. Um, but I think there needs to be a good like medium. Mm. Um, and you kind of also have to like feel out the vibe of the class that day. Like if they're just not that motivated, then you might want to like taper down on the drilling and okay. do technique. Um, but I really think it depends on like the vibe of the class, but 
So you adjust, you can adjust the class um, depending on what the feel of the class is, the feel that you get off the class. You ever do that? Yeah, most of most most of the time I do that. Um, but if it comes to like training camps, then I'm pretty strict on um, the agenda of what we're doing, just because I take the time out to um, create the schedule for the week. Um, and it's things that I know that are beneficial, even though I know that they don't realize it yet. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do take the time out um, before the training week starts to make like a, like a schedule mm. as far as um, goals for the week. And then um, we try to accomplish that in the week. Not to say like, I won't adjust, but for the most part, it's pretty, um, it's pretty dead on as far as like the training camp goes for certain things, because I mean, I watch, I watch the students roll and I see them making the same mistakes over and over again. So I know that we have to work on it anyway. Mm, so they're missing some small thing that can be fixed with drilling. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about warm-ups? Do you think that um, warm-ups are overrated? <laughs> I'm like the worst at warming up, so... You might not be the um, worst. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, like, I, think, I like the I, I like think... the group stretching. I like group stretching. <laughs> yeah, group stretching is good. Um, one of the One of the girls... Um, in the academy does a good warm up class, Jess. Um, but that's only on Saturdays. But I think generally, like you know, running, I think is a good way to start warming up. And then you know, um, I do like to do some drills in warm ups. Um, oh, so like, so like the partner up and then go through the drill to get the movement movement working yeah we'll do that and then i'll set aside time at the end for you know your own individual stretching i don't i'm not a big fan of like doing the like regimented stretching where you know like everybody follows mm. one person and how they stretch because you know everybody does their own little different thing so i'm not really a fan i kind of just do like a free stretch if you're um if you're over 35 you should use the whole time to stretch your neck yeah and your back and your back yeah that's definitely a major key and uh, never, mind, never mind the legs or anything else it's just your neck and your back because that's what's going to hurt the next day yeah pretty much yeah pretty much or your shoulders if that's a problem for you I really like um I really like Jess's warm up. And so if yeah. she's in if she's in the class and I like to have her do the warm up because um you know I read on the internet that static stretching is overrated also. <laughs> yeah, no, Jess's Jess's warm ups are super good. Um I like it because in the beginning, um she kinda asks um what everyone kinda wants to do. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which is cool. Um, and then she kind of goes into her own thing and um, leads the rest of the way. So 
it's pretty good. And, you know, after you feel like pretty, pretty good to go, even though you're, you're not doing like crazy stuff. So if you were um, currently accepting sponsorships, who is uh, number one? I know we had revised this list, but who's the current, who's the current one and two on willing to accept sponsorships from list? One and two. That's hard because um, I don't compete as much anymore. No, this um, is just for this is just for taking pictures at the gym. Oh, this oh solely taking pictures at the gym. All right, maybe uh, training, but mostly taking pictures in the gym. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, for Guy, definitely AP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for Nogi, definitely armbar. Wow, um, Nogi armbar. Yeah, Nogi armbar, Guy AP for sure. But so that's that's interesting. They make great stuff. Um, you know, which you one? Start, both both of them make great stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gi, gi and no gi. but it's it's kind of funny because when you start out up to mid blue belt you really yeah. think that what what you're wearing matters yeah um like, everybody want everybody wants to wear um some kind of some kind of uh elaborate gi oh yeah 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 but then later on you kind of realize it doesn't doesn't actually matter it's just nice um I don't know. It depends, though, because like, like if a gi fits you really well, mm. then then you, re- you then you feel pretty you pretty you okay. uh, feel pretty good. So this is this is more a tactical thing than as far as the the gi fit, rather than the yeah. fire of the design. Well, it's both, I think. Okay, combination of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Because if the gi fit is really like fire, then most likely if you're not a white or blue belt, mm-hmm. you're gonna roll good. As opposed to having your gi hanging over your hands. Yeah, and then your pants like like basically like bell bottoms. Right. <laughs> yeah. These have come a long ways in 10 years. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, just, it's so crazy. In like just 10 years, um, the fit of the gi has changed so much. Because when, when we started, it was like Atama and yeah. Corral, Corral. Yeah, Corral. And then there was like, show your roll if you could possibly get your hands. So that's like number 11 and prior. If you could get one, it was nice to have, but you probably weren't going to get one because they only they're sold out in like four seconds. Yeah, yeah. So show your roll was like the standard of like high class geese, and if you could get your hands on a show your roll, then you're like the cool guy, right? Um, which was true. It was true for at sure. the time. Yeah, for sure. Not. Not so much anymore, though. Yeah, not so much anymore. Well, not so much anymore for like all the brands because um, I think all the brands base their gi cuts off of Shoyuro anyway. Mm. Um, 
So the accessibility to like really good fitting geese um, is more like widely available. So right. like Shoyerol is just kind of just another brand at the end of the day. And they're a very expensive one lately. Yeah. Like if you're willing to drop like 300 bucks on a gi, like, you know, good for you. Um, you're most likely a white belt. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, good for you. (laughs) But, but I gave you the math on the gi stuff the other day. Um, if you buy a $300 gi, but yeah, you keep yeah, it yeah. for if you keep the if you keep a three hundred dollar gi for ten years and don't quit, which is reasonable, it's only two fifty a month. Yeah, that's true. But again, most people who buy two hundred and fifty dollar gis are white belts or blue belts, so they're gonna quit. You can buy them used. Yeah, and then they're gonna buy them used. For like, and they're only used like one time, so it's a pretty awesome deal. So buy so you can used, get it for like half price. So look for used fire geese because they're most likely only used one or two times. Yeah, exactly. That's pro a good, tip. That's a pro tip for for everybody who's been around for more than um, eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if. Is it, um, do you think wrist locks should be banned or are they absolutely necessary as in everybody should be using them because they're hilarious? No, definitely they should not be banned. Um, wrist locks are the most effective submissions out there. And if you disagree, then you've never done one and you're probably a white belt. So everybody should be wrist locking each other more, you think? Dude, for sure. I mean, why especially not? If you, especially if you have an elaborate triangle combination arm bar, you should actually just go for the wrist lock. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's, it's more memorable. Because yeah, exactly. And people will hate you more <laughs> if you <laughs> if you if you go for a wrist lock when you're when you when you totally secured the triangle. Or you totally with the secure, wrist lock. Yeah, or you totally secure the arm bar, but you're going for the wrist lock anyway. You know, that's that's exactly what you wanted. And um yeah, I, I was rolling with uh Pablo Baha one time. Um and he totally wrist locked me and I freaking hated him <laughs> for it. And never forgot. Yeah, I never forgot. So, you know, wrist locks for everyone. Wrist um, locks for everyone. What's that guy's name? Um, Pete the Greek, yeah. Wrist lock yeah. the world. Yes, wrist lock the world. So okay, hope to see more of more um, hilarious wrist locks in the near future. Dude, wrist locks are the best because no matter what, both guys are laughing <laughs> that you got the wrist lock. Yes. All right. Well. I think that's about all the storage space we have. Uh, we'll have you on again. We'll. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to wait for the time limit to to come up on the on the recording software, or if um, people are if we get enough people sponsoring it, 
at $11 a month. I'm sorry, $11 total. Uh, <laughs> then $11 total for the sponsorship. And then I have to think of something special for the sponsors. But uh, $11 total? Total lifetime, lifetime sponsor. No way. Well, I'll only, I'll only mention it like once. And then you have to pay another $11 if you want me to mention it again. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're going to be... Gonna be have, we're gonna be having to push the limits of the storage storage space unless we get eleven dollar sponsorships. Yeah, dude, you need to get those sponsorships in. But also, I realized that um, you know, having a job and a and a family is a is a huge hindrance to making podcasts. Yeah, I I would think so. Yeah, this has been this whole experience has been very difficult for me. Uh, more than I thought. And uh, if you had all the time in the world, it would be much better. I'm surprised the kids never walked in during the podcast. No, the recording light is on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just told them before, don't, you know, come in quietly if you got to come in, but and then don't, <laughs> don't do anything, you know, that, that you're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> but they're, they're well-behaved kids. So they, they listen, they know I'll bring them in for the editing. They can, they can join me for the editing. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Yeah, so I'll um we'll we'll uh put this together in post production, but uh, wanted wanted to thank you, uh, guest Will Torres for being on the podcast. First guest. This will actually be the podcast number one. Oh, oh, oh. and then uh, we'll we'll have you back on and talk about more um jujitsu stuff. Unless you get real negative comments, then you won't be back on. Damn, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, we'll see. Yeah. But um other topics that we'll explore, we'll get into. Um can wait for the next block of storage to open up and uh we can do this again for sure. But even if you do get negative comments, that's still content. It's still comments. Yeah, it's still content. Yeah. 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 So so if you so, didn't like it then if you didn't like the if you didn't like the podcast, then good for you. Yeah, fuck you too. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that e box and and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Wrap this up and uh, be back again for another episode shortly. Okay. Shoot. Thanks. Shoot.